helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about Gideon and we have titled this show Gideon's Breakthrough. We'll be looking at the passage from the book of Judges chapter 6 verse 12 through to 15 and we will be discussing some key points from a psychological perspective as to how Gideon got his breakthrough and how you can apply these tips to your life to get the breakthrough that you need. Stay tuned with us. It's going to be a, a very good show. And with me in studio, as always, to discuss these important topics is Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, Michael. It's always great to join you in studio, and I'm excited for today's show. Very excited as well. I think there are many people listening to our voice today who may be at that point where they, they feel as if they have been stuck, as if they haven't really realized their full potential. And they may have dreams, they may have had words or prophesied over them as to great things that they they will achieve, but they just can't seem to take that first step. And I think this passage that we're going to be talking about today is going to be very eye-opening, very, very important topic, very important passage, because I think there are a number of key elements in this passage that can help you if you find that you you need to move on to that place where you feel that you need to be and move from that place of feeling stuck. But before we get into the rest of the show today, let me give out our contact number in case you need to get a, a hold of us after. You can call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. If you're not familiar with Elam Counseling Services, we are a professional counseling organization, and you can find out more by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And I want to thank thank you for joining us today in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And so, Michael, you mentioned off the top, we've pulled this story of Gideon from Judges 6, 12 to 15. We're not going to read the full passage, but do you mind giving us a sense of what we find in this, in these verses? What's happening with Gideon? What's going on with him mentally? What's what's sort of setting the stage for the story we're going to talk about? Today? This passage uh, is against a background where there is some extreme suffering conditions of extremity. And so we have Gideon and his people, the Israelites, that they were facing starvation because their their crops and livestock were being stolen by the Midianites. And so the Israelites were in terror of these people and they they were hiding in caves, the Bible tells us in the the first part of 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 this of Judges chapter six, and so I think this passage uh, could be applied to many people today within listening to our voice who might be going through hard times. It might be 
a, a divorce that you're you're dealing with. It might be a job situation. It might be financial hardship as a as a result of pending bankruptcy. It might be a spiritual crisis where the the things that are happening in your life just doesn't seem to match up with your image of God. So whatever your extreme situation is, I think this this passage that we are going to be exploring today applies applies to you. So he, Gideon at the point of this angel ap- appearing to him in the story was actually hiding in a, in a cave before he was approached by the angel or he and his people were were in hiding and so when the angel appeared to Gideon we had of a very strange utterance by the angel the first thing the angel said to Gideon is that the lord is with you and i think that is a very ironic statement given the fact of the the suffering that they were going through at that point in time. And so why do you think that, given how ironic the statement was, the angel chose to say those words first, that the Lord is with thee, or the Lord is with you, Gideon, as their introductory greeting? I think this was meant to be preemptive, because I think the the angel knew that Gideon was feeling abandoned. And if we read the, the text in in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 15, we'll see that Gideon said, the Lord has forsaken us. In reply to what the angel told him, he said, the Lord has forsaken us. And so it is that uh, in, in, ti- in conditions of extremity, in, in times of hardship, uh, people often have this feeling that God has abandoned them, that God is no longer there. So if you are feeling like that, you you can uh, relate with Gideon because Gideon felt exactly like that. Sometimes we idealize some of these biblical characters and make them, we want to look at the great things that they that they did. But I think it's also very helpful for us to see that they were human beings just like us and that they, they weren't always... Uh, doing great mighty uh great and mighty things for God. Sometimes it's a it's a journey that they had to go through and they had to start at this point where Gideon started. He started at the point where he felt that God had forsaken him and his people. So you might be going through something today where you're feeling, where is God in the midst of my suffering? Why isn't God answering my prayers? And this is exactly where Gideon found himself when the angel came with these seemingly uh, ironic words, the Lord is with you. And I think that's a very comforting statement to us when we are going through the hardships of life because it, it's good to keep this in mind that the Lord has not forsaken you. He is with you and He's walking with you through the dark valleys of life. And so you mentioned that Gideon was feeling forsaken and that it's a really identifiable feeling that probably many of us have gone through. What are some other reasons we get in that place where we, in spite of knowing, I think on a cognitive level that the Lord is with us, like you read it in the Bible and it says the Lord is with you, but maybe on an emotional or a spiritual level, you do feel abandoned and you do feel distant from the Lord. 
What gets us to that place where there is such a disconnect maybe between what we're hearing or reading in the Bible, or in Gideon's case, what the angel's physically telling him, and what we're actually experiencing on an emotional level? I think those two uh, different things that you talk about uh, take place in two different regions of the brain. And so the frontal lobe is where we have our rational thoughts where we we know the bible verses and we 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 can quote those verses from memory and we can we can recite them to others when others are going through through difficulties but when we are going through difficulties a different region of the brain kicks in and this is in the limbic system of the brain this little part of of the brain that deals this this amygdala that deals with emotions and that part of the the brain often because of it stores emotion overrides our rational thinking and it it kicks in up to five five times faster than how we can think so when you're in a situation that there is fear and there is panic and there is uncertainty about the future it overrides the the logical part of the brain, the frontal lobe, and so all you can think of is the the doom and the gloom and the the the, the fear that that is all you can think of is all these negative situations or negative outcomes that you are faced with, and so it's not that you don't believe the Bible; it's just that fear has kicked in and i think this if you listen if you read that passage and I encourage I encourage my listeners to go and to read this passage in judges 6 uh, verses 12 to 15 you will see that gideon seemed to have been in a situation where he, the circumstances were overwhelming him so we see gideon respond in a way where he says he feels forsaken how else does gideon respond to the angel when the angel begins to speak to gideon and kind of, um, not command, but lay out what Gideon's supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. I, I think, too, we see in, in the story when the angel laid out what he was supposed to be doing, there's another shocking statement or ironic statement right at the beginning of the passage, because not only is, is the angel coming to him and saying, the Lord is with you, the angel greeted Gideon by saying, thou mighty man of valor. Some translations say mighty hero. And it, Gideon must have been looking behind him to see, is there someone else that this angel is talking about? Because how can, this, how can I be addressed as a mighty man when I am running and hiding from my enemies? And so the, the greeting that the angel said to him must have shocked him because the circumstances didn't reflect it. And his actions didn't show that he was mighty and that he was a man of valor. And I think the reason Gideon, there was this, uh, Gideon could not believe is that as we see later on in response to what the angel told him, Gideon say, how can this be? My family is poor. And some translations say my family is the is the least of all families in in my region, and so Gideon, because of his family that he's from, couldn't see himself as this mighty hero that was going to save his people from the Midianites. And so uh, I'm using this to to point out that 
our family that we are from can sometimes limit how we see ourselves and can limit how the extent to which we think we can rise and the things that we think that we can accomplish. And so this was the, the situation in Gideon's case. Immediately, he responded to the angel that, you, you must be mistaken, I, I can, me, I cannot do that. Uh, my fa- do you know who my family is, where I am from? My family is, 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 is poor. I cannot accomplish, I cannot do these things. How can I save Israel when I am from this poor family? And you might be uh, thinking in similar ways. Oh, how can I uh, do great things when my family is not wealthy? How can I do these great things when I'm from this dysfunctional family? How can I do these great things when my family doesn't have the connections that other family seem to have? But I think uh, it's important to understand that you can rise above those challenges. And so are there other ways that we see how families can influence self-concepts or how we develop as people? And often, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but in ways that we may not even realize ourselves. Yes, yes. I think one of the, the research that, some research that has been done at the University of Chicago by Jean Decetti, Decetti, sorry, by Jean Decetti, says that shows that even toddlers can be affected by how what's going on in their family of origin. They hooked up these uh, toddlers with brain wave equipment, and they showed them uh, toys. Some toys representing good characters, and some toys representing bad characters. And what they found is that the children who had parents, they also made the parents fill out questionnaires before. And they found that, they, number one, the parents who uh, scored high in terms of justice, who, who, who say that justice was very important to them, that those toddlers of those parents chose the good toys, the toys that represented the good characters in the in the story that they played with these with the with these uh, toddlers. The other part is that they also showed that the toddlers who belonged to parents who scored high in empathy also shared better when it, when it came to the sharing part of the game. So I think we have for, uh, for a long time think that toddlers don't know the difference between good and evil and that, you know, they, 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 they don't understand what's going on. But the research is showing that this is not the case, that toddlers, even from that age of, of toddlers, young babies, they are picking up from their environment. And so it is, it is up to us as parents, those of us with children, to remember that what we do impact our children. Other studies show that even uh, how parents think about and about university, the expectation that parents have about their children going on to higher education determines whether or not a child will eventually uh, uh, start and finish university. So if you're from a family where your parents never expected you to go to university, chances are that you probably will not uh, will will not obtain a university 
degree. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. Today, we're talking about Gideon's breakthrough. And if you happen to miss the first half of today's show, we encourage you to visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, to listen to the first half of today's show. Or you can always call us at one 544 3546 and we'd be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show. So Michael, you were just discussing how family and our upbringing can influence us. And in your your descriptions there, you were you showed both positive and negative examples of how families can shape how children grow and develop. What if someone's listening and maybe they they grew up in that more negative household right. where they're kind of like Gideon where they are as you say my family's poor I'm my family's the least. And I think Gideon even went a step further and said, not only is my family the least, I'm the least within my family. Right, right. And they've grown up in that kind of environment. What can we learn from the story of Gideon? I think this story is is very important because it shows that we are not stuck. Our self-concept is not shaped in stone. It also shows that our past do not define us. Because we can rise above the challenges of the past. And I think it, it's possible that some people can use the past as an excuse and say, oh, I'm from a poor family, I can't do anything, or I don't have the connections, my family don't have the connections that other families have, so I can't amount to anything. And we can use it these these things as excuses. But I, I think that the story show that regardless of where you are from or your family background, you can rise above that. The other thing that it shows us is that God can use us regardless of how we see ourselves. And sometimes I think there is this notion out there that you have to be this confident, assertive person to be used of God. Well, Gideon was not confident and assertive. Moses was not confident and assertive. Uh, Moses was, was more like an introvert. Uh, Gideon probably the same. And God appeared to these uh, two men, and they both went on to do great things for God. So I think this story shows that you should not limit yourself just because you you feel that you may not be uh, like other person, extroverted or overly confident. I think it, it, regardless of where you are, God can use it. I think it's important what the, the angel said to him in the beginning, because the angel said, the Lord is with you. And I think that's the source of his strength. That's how we overcome all of these uh, challenges or or uh, the, the things that we lack. That's how we overcome our shortcomings. And so Moses, the stutterer, went on to do great things and to speak before a king. Gideon, the man hiding in a cave, went on to be a mighty hero that would free his people. And I think it's important for us to realize that it starts with this greeting, this this understanding that it doesn't depend totally on your ability. It's not the power within. I know Anthony Robbins has written this bestseller, The Power Within. But I think there are, there are times when we can't rely on that power, when we are when we hit rock bottom. And I think Gideon was at that place where we couldn't draw on anything from within. It's the power without. It's the Lord 
with thee that enabled him to go on and to do the, and to become that mighty person. The other thing I think from would like us to realize from this story is that God do not see you the way that you see yourself. You might think that you're this hiding, incapable person, but God see you, your potential, even if it's not yet accomplished. I think that's such a powerful thing for people to hold on to, just knowing that it, as you say, it's not from what you have within. So if you're feeling empty and drained and there's nothing else to pull from, there's something bigger than yourself that's already there for you to tap into. Mm -hmm. That's so, so so powerful. The other thing um, I was wondering if you could discuss a little bit is What's the psychological significance behind the angel in this story? Because they play a pretty pivotal role throughout the story as Gideon begins to see himself in a bit of a different light. But what psychological significance does this angel play? I think the the angel in the story represents the external help that we need. Uh, There are many of us who are in situations where we feel as if we're overwhelmed by life. And it takes that hand from from someone who can lift you up out of that state. The angel in 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 current day situation can be a good friend. It can be a family member. It can be a pastor. It can be someone who is able to see the situation that you're in and speak life into that situation. And we can be that angel for others. We can be that person that say, despite the fact that you feel that this situation is impossible for you to overcome, you can overcome that because I see something in you that you might not yet realize that you have. And so this angel represents those people that can speak through into our lives, that can come to us in those dark times, and can shed light into those darkness that can make us uh, realize that there is a strength, there's a source that we can tap into and that source is God that, that, that we have available and we don't have to make our situations, we don't have to make our feelings determine how we react to our situations. So if people out there are listening and they're really identifying with Gideon, feeling forsaken, feeling alone, feeling not good enough, incapable, what steps can they take to begin seeing that God is with them and seeing them as the mighty man or woman of valor or hero, depending on your translation, that God sees them as? This 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 passage outlined a number of steps, and I think the the first step that I think is important in this situ in that we see from this passage is that if you're in a situation where you're feeling overwhelmed, where you're feeling stuck, it's important for you to have an understanding as to what it is that might have contributed to you feeling that way. We see from the story that Gideon had a thorough understanding. He wasn't burying his head in the sand and and spiritualizing it and saying, oh, you know, uh, everything is okay, or uh, it doesn't matter because I'm going to go to heaven someday. He wasn't spiritualizing his situation. His dialogue with the angel showed that he was very genuine with how he felt. So I think the first step is to realize the situation that you're in and be genuine with how you express how you feel to God. Don't spiritualize it. Don't pretend as if you have the joy of the Lord when you're actually afraid and you're feeling overwhelmed. 
talk about how you feel. Uh, and and uh, the, 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 so that's actually the first step. You re- recognize it. The second step is to talk with someone about how you feel. And we see Gideon doing that. He's talking to the angel and he's letting it all out. The third step that we find in this story is to have an understanding of what might be the root of your fear, the root of why you feel that you're incapable or you feel limited. And Gideon must have had a very good therapist because Gideon Gideon went right to the root of why he felt that way. He said, I am the least in my, in my father's household, right? And that my family's poor. And so Gideon knows the root of his insecurity. He's saying, I can't do this because of all of these things. The sad thing is that many of us as Christians, we do not know the root of our pain. We do not know how we are limited. And so we we, we are stuck, but we have no sense of knowing I'm stuck because I have these childhood wounds that I can't overcome. So, and then I think the next step after that is that you need people around you. You are not, uh, you can't do it all by yourself. You need others around you, and the angel represent those those others. And then the, the other step that I see in this story is that Gideon had to take that first, that step of faith out of his comfort zone. It's wanting to have all of these steps uh these steps in place. But if you don't take that action step, that final step that says, despite my fear, despite my insecurities, despite my low self-esteem, I am going to try to face these challenges and overcome them, you will always be stuck. So Gideon actually ended up taking that step and he became very successful. And that's why we're talking about him thousands of years years after he existed. Such power in three verses. And we really do encourage you, if you uh, need a refresher on the story, to look it up in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 15. So much stuff we can glean from it today. Any final words, Michael? Well, I think I'm speaking to someone out there. I feel like I'm speaking to a number of people, actually, who might be going through challenging situations. You know, one thing the Bible promises us is that, you know, in this life we will have tribulation. And I think there are people out there who are going through tribulation and they needed to hear this, this, uh, these encouraging words this morning. So I encourage you not to give up, but to like Gideon, rise above the challenges and claim your breakthrough in the same way that Gideon claimed his breakthrough. If you'd like to speak to us, you can uh, give us a call by by calling us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. We have trained counselors on hand to talk to you and to help you work through your difficulties. We are we're a Christian counseling organization, so we approach uh, counseling from a biblical perspective. You can find out more about us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's ministry. And also, if you haven't yet donated to this ministry, uh, this is a listener-supported broadcast, so we encourage you to uh, make a donation to this ministry so we can continue to share these helpful words with others and to provide the services that we provide. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. 
praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.